Hi, I'm Susan. I'm Dan. And this is the Sparks and Muses podcast, a podcast about everyday creativity. Uh, so today is December 30th, and uh, it's been a pretty hectic couple of weeks. Frankly, well, it's been a whole hectic month here in the Hartman household. But we're here, and we're excited, and we're going to record as we cap off the end of 2015, which is pretty exciting. That's right. So we've had we've had a lot going on here. Not all of which is really sort of creativity and podcast related. We've had a lot of just life stuff taking up a lot of bandwidth in the past few weeks. Yes, we have. And uh, not the least of which was holidays and our daughter's birthday and other exciting things that take a whole lot of energy. So Yes, they do. The creativity has been ebbing and flowing during that time. Yes. So I think it's just the ups and downs of modern life, right? Yes. So, so thanks for joining us today. Uh, I thought we'd just jump right in. Um, so Dan, what have, what have you been working on since we last recorded, which was, I don't know, 6,000 years ago or something. (laughs) So I've been working on actually working with my daughter and her creativity. She's actually a very creative person, but I've been working on training her in some of the mediums that she's interested in learning. And she's interested in a lot of mediums and then also just helping her support her in some of the the work that she's already doing. And she's six, by the way. So one of the things that she wanted to do over this holiday break is she wanted to color with me. So she and I started talking about color while we were coloring one of the coloring books that she got this holiday break. And we're just talking about how colors worked and why was I using multiple colors over a particular area and, and all that kind of stuff to create shading and depth and, and some of that stuff. Then also I got her some paints and brushes for Christmas. So she was very excited about that. So the other thing that I did was set her up with paints and talk to her a little bit about how paints work and then also how to mix colors for paints to create colors. And she was asking, well, how, you know, what two colors do you mix to make pink or to make green or to make brown? And um, she was having a lot of fun with that. And then also just showing her how to hold the brushes and to sort of begin to get uh, an idea of how paint works. Um, So that was very exciting for both of us. So that was really nice. Does it feel personally fulfilling or just parentally fulfilling to help her with her creativity? I would say both. You know, it's parentally fulfilling because she's my daughter, obviously, but it also feels personally fulfilling because I I feel like one of the things that a good artist does is also train the next generation. And I definitely obviously feel like she is the next generation. So, and she's interested in it. It's not like I'm forcing this on her. Um, I want to make sure that she has the skills so that when she starts, she can start at that that next higher level. So It's kind of like, I feel like she is six years old and some kids are six years old and they're like, I love baseball or I love soccer and they're obsessed. And she, she, the only thing she talks about like that is, is art and doing artwork. So yeah. I feel like we, without wanting to program her or, you know, try to prescript her life in any way. Cause she's six. There's, there's many years ahead of us and for her to figure out who she is. But I feel like maybe in, instead of sitting around and wondering why she doesn't want to play baseball, we can sort of take on art as her sport. 
Yeah, no, like I, from a training perspective. I agree with that. You know, it was actually kind of funny because one of the things that she asked me at least several times was, how come I didn't get many toys? All I got was art stuff. And I tried to tell her several times was, well, honey, that's what you asked for was art stuff. And you liked it and you've been using it. So yeah. it was very funny to see her sort of be very six-year-old about the whole thing. Like, well, how come I didn't get a lot of toys? But, like, I really like all this art stuff that I got, too. Yeah, she's not even playing with the toys she did get because she's playing with all her art stuff. Exactly. So it's not like, you know, she's somehow at a loss for toys. No, no. So that's cool. Have you, have you been doing any, do you have any personal projects going on aside from your role as artist dad? Actually, uh, I did pick up a project sort of from the other day. We had some, this leftover sort of like thing that looks like a California job case. And we'll put a link to what that is in, uh, the show notes. Well, why don't you describe it? It's sort of a, for the uninitiated. It's a, it's, it's a box that, uh, is designed to hold uh, letterpress type. And it's a box that's divided up into smaller sections and it's not very high. And you put, you know, like all the E's in one section and all the A's in another section. And it's like a drawer and, uh, you store letterpress type in it, and it's called the California job for case. Old-time printmaking. Yeah, for old-time printmaking, for printing old-timey print presses. And what is it a California print case, or job case, and not like the Gutenberg job case? California uh, seems so new and modern. I'm not exactly sure why it's called the California job case, but it's, it's the person or the company that designed it, um, I think, was based in California. So, and it's... So before that, like Gutenberg had to like. Just well, no, I think I actually part of it is like you know if like if you look at your keyboard, it's not set up alphabetically, and a California job case is not set up alphabetically either. The sizes of the 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 little sections are different. Like the largest section is actually the lowercase e because that's the most commonly used letter in the English language, mm-hmm. and it's placed so that it's the easily most easily reached by your right hand because most people are right-handed is when you set up the job case for setting type when you're setting it up to set a block of type for printing on a printing press so and then you know all the other letters are sort of placed um like so the letters that you use the least are the furthest distance that you have to reach so mm-hmm. so it's just a more efficient way of storing your your type your your letterpress type as opposed to the way it used to be. So it's actually not that efficient to store it alphabetically, which, you know, in other systems were just not as efficient as the California job case system. But the point being is that we had this thing that sort of looked like a California job case. It's not a California job case. And um, it, was a, it was a packaging for a toy. For a toy. A craft toy. For yes. A child. And so I said, oh, it looks like a California job case. And you suggested you was you were like you should do something with type and i was like yeah that sounds like a really great idea so i've been thinking about maybe i would create and then send off to some service to have 3d um letters printed and then put them sort of as like little miniatures in these little sort of different spaces and hang that up on the wall as a fun little project to sort of get myself into doing 3d graphics which is something i've been actual 3d printed um, graphics. I was going to say, your, your, your print, you, you really want to do some 3D printing. I do. So <laughs> this is an opportunity to do that. So without like breaking the bank and right. dropping 50 bucks on something that I hate. So yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. 
And oh, and since we last recorded, Artomatic, the show that you were part of, closed. Oh, that's right. And I sold one of my paintings, which was really exciting because... Except it wasn't a painting, it was a photo. Exactly. I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> You're not a painter. <laughs> I'm not a painter. Uh, my daughter is, I think. Why is why I've been thinking that. Um, <laughs> so actually, yes, I sold one of my photographs. I didn't sell any paintings because I didn't have any paintings in the yeah, show because be I don't lie. paint. So... <laughs> But I did sell a photograph, which was very exciting. It's nice. That's great. Yeah, Your no, first it was very show exciting. and you sold a piece of work. That's yeah, fantastic. So that was definitely very nice. That's very cool. Yes. Well done. And um, Thank you. so, in terms of Artomatic having closed, what are some of your thoughts in terms of having wrapped up what was a pretty? It was a, for those of you who aren't aware, Artomatic is a. We talked about it briefly in another episode, but the um, Artomatic is an all call. Uh, it's an art organization here in Washington D.C. that puts on uh, large scale, free to the public art exhibits, exhibitions, really every other year or so, and they take over an entire vacant office building. In this case, uh, they took over a ninety thousand square foot building in a town just outside of Washington D.C. called New Carrollton. And they took it over the whole thing. It's an all call. They had over 500, 600 artists, as well as many hundreds. I don't know how, I don't know the exact number they came up with, of performing artists, whether they be jugglers or singers or dancers or poets uh, who were there just doing the performance-based artwork, as well as, as those who had actual installations. So it's, it's a huge event and it draws many, many tens of thousands of people to come and see it over the course of six weeks. And so Dan, Dan was part of that this year. Yeah. So it's a pop-up art show that's unjuried. That's another way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to sell a piece, which was very exciting. So how was the experience for you in terms of creativity? You know, it was the first, it was the first show or exhibit you've had, exhibition you've had in, in 20 years or so, or about that. So how did it feel for you in terms of, your work as a photographer or as an artist now that it's done and you've cleaned it up and yeah, you know, tied it up with a bow for me. The, the nice part about it, in addition to selling the work and just having my work on display was to see that sort of prepping for a show was sort of like riding a bike. The skills might be a little rusty because I hadn't used them in a while, but um, they were still there and that nothing sort of floored me or was out of the ordinary and, and, was pretty much able to get it together and ready to go and I was still able to talk about my work on when we had the meet the artist night and things like that all the skills that I'd learned long ago were still valid and and working even if some of them might have been a little rusty and all that kind of stuff so that was very nice and as a creative person as a creative person it was just really nice to get my work out there and and to have it validated as being well received by having someone purchase one of the pieces that's cool do you yeah. think that you'll t participate again in the next call for Artomatic? i'm hesitating only because i think it will partly depend on where it's located because you know it was a lot of work and you know there's also a volunteer aspect to it if it winds up being in like northern virginia i think i would probably have to decline doing it again there just because of the amount of work involved in terms of the, the volunteer commitment. Mm -hmm. So, but overall it was a pretty positive. Oh yeah. Overall it was definitely a very positive experience. Um, you know, part of what helped make it a positive experience was, is that it was relatively close to where we live. If I had to be driving to do a five hour volunteer commitment 
over three times plus checking in on the work regularly and all that kind of stuff plus set up and take down and all the other extra work that I had to do it and it was an hour and a half drive to get there that would just be really exhausting on top of my having to do all my family obligations and work obligations and getting ready for the holidays and having Thanksgiving interspersed in there as well so okay that's yeah again that's my only hesitation do you have your eye open for other other shows coming up or other submissions? I did submit to another show. I didn't. That one was juried. I unfortunately didn't get into that one, but that's okay. And so my plan is to build up my portfolio now that I have a sense of what direction I want to go a little bit, but then also just start shopping my work around to some galleries. I found out through some family members of another gallery not too far from here that that you can just sort of join and then you know, tell them that you'd like to have a show and then they schedule a show for you. So I'd like to see about getting, you know, becoming a member of that gallery and mm-hmm. getting a show there. So, right. Yeah. And there's a huge art scene in Baltimore. Yeah. That we've, we've not even tapped into at all. Yeah. So I, I, I do want to keep showing more of my work, but not necessarily. And Artomatic is very sporadic. Like I think the last one before this one was two years ago or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not just going to sit around and wait for Artomatic, and that's not going to be the only place I show my work. I'd like to show it in other places. So, Cool. Well, that's yeah. great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So how about you? What have you been up to since we recorded last? Let's see. So I'm trying to think. Man, we haven't recorded in a while. Our daughter had a birthday party, and her theme for the birthday party was crafts. So I created a whole bunch of crafts for a group of six-year-olds to do over a course of a few hours here. So there was a weaving craft. There was a coloring craft. We made shrinky dink jewelry and art. And then the kids made uh, fancy cupcakes. So that was, that was fun, but it was a lot of work. Uh, it kind of looked like a Michael's craft store blew up in our apartment. Yes, we it done. did. Yeah, there was stuff everywhere. But I think the kids had a great time and that was pretty fun. And uh, our daughter had a great time and that was, you know, it was her party. That, that was her vision. Right. Day. Right. So it was exciting. And that just sort of wiped me out. That took a whole lot. And then we had Christmas and the holidays and I felt like I wasn't doing a whole lot of creative work at that point. But for Christmas, you gave me a loom, which I'm super excited about. Yes, and I did. Those of you who have listened know that I've been really obsessed with the idea of learning how to make tapestry weavings. So, and I don't have a loom, so, and I've been sort of spending a lot of time reading up on it online and getting books out of the library, but I didn't actually have a loom on which to do this. And so I got one for Christmas, which is really a lot of fun. It was a, uh, it's, it's a smaller one. It's, I don't know, it's probably 18 inches by 12 inches, 14 inches, something Some, like something that. Something like that, yeah. And uh, it actually came from Lost Pond Looms. You can find them. They have an Etsy shop and a, and a blog based out of upstate New York, handmade, handcrafted. And it was a beginner kit that came with a, a heddle and uh, some basic tools to kind of get me started. And we had a whole bunch of random yarn lying around based on the birthday party explosion. So I had some stuff here and I was able just to hit the ground running and get going. And I actually found a class on um, Creative Bug, which is a, it's an online web platform. Haha, online and web. It's an online craft platform where you can take these sort of short form little instructions into a whole array of crafts 
everything from sewing to printmaking to paper craft and weaving and knitting and crochet. It's, it's really a broad set of crafts. It's a $5 a month membership. And then for that fee, you can watch a whole bunch of different videos about how to do things. And I really enjoyed it actually, because again, you know, getting ready for the birthday party, I got some inspiration there and they have a, a two part course in beginning weaving techniques. So weaving is, is a deep, deep craft. I mean, it's thousands of years old and right. there's any, uh, any number of techniques to learn. So it's not something you master in a day, but there is, you know, about an hour's worth of instruction on different techniques and ways to create different types of textures and weaving uh, just dimensions um, on a loom. And so I was able to watch that and kind of hit the ground running and get started and at least just feel like I could move forward with this fabulous new piece of equipment that I have. So that's been really fun and exciting. And my brain is just, I have so many ideas and now I need to, I think I need to write them down before I forget about them because I have so many swimming around at the same time. I need to kind of put them somewhere so I don't forget about them. And then the other thing is I have just a lot of skill I have to develop in order to be able to execute any of these ideas. And that's just going to take practice and time and, right. and creating a sense of, you know, the type of skill that I want to develop. And then also the type of aesthetic and, and what I like to do and what I'm drawn to and the colors and the textures. And I, there's a lot. So, but I'm just so excited about it because it, I think it's going to really provide an opportunity to use a lot of materials that I already have lying around the house right? Um, in a completely new way. I'm, just, I'm incredibly excited to use a lot of my hand-spun yarn that I've made that I haven't necessarily wanted to wear because it's not my sort of, it's not the type of fashion that I would wear, but I made these cool yarns and I didn't know what to do with them. And, I'm, and I think weaving is just going to sort of blow a lot of that open and a lot of the art yarns and wacky things that I would, I've always wanted to try, but I've been, I felt like, well, I don't want to make something and then not know how to use it or not want to make a hat out of it or a sweater or something. So I, I just feel like it just opens up a whole new venue. It's a whole new medium for these things that I already enjoy working with. And, and I think can really, I feel like my skills can like, as I learn to weave and have things that I want to weave with, that'll then help push my spinning in new directions and push me to learn and grow as a spinner, which will then feed back into pushing me to create more interesting things on the loom. I just feel like, especially with spinning, I feel like, I feel like the, the, the loom is going to be a great, a really great creative outlet. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited, but now it's just a matter of, of squeezing in the time to practice and to learn. And it's not, it's not that hard it's not that hard to get off the ground with weaving. Right. Um, that said, you, once I started looking online at the different techniques and artists and uh, you, it, to take it to the next, to take it to, I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of the type of creativity possible with right. what is a fairly simple apparatus and concept that that's easy to get started with, but it, it could go in so many directions. And that's just, kind of daunting and also really, really cool. I'm really excited about that. And so I've been, I've been spending a ton of time online, um, 
looking at weavers and different types of modern and popular weaving and, and what are some of the styles out there and what are the skills and do t- people teach classes and what does that look like and what are the palettes and what is, you know, just all of it. So I think it's right. really cool. I'm excited. Cool. Very cool. So yeah, so it's, I feel like I'm in a really creative space. I feel like I don't have enough time to deal with it. Although I've got this week off work, which is great, but. Right. So I, I shouldn't complain. This week has been crafty. I've had crafty time this week. Right. Amidst all the holiday stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So what, what, what challenges do you feel like you're up against right now? Or do you feel like you're up against any right now? I don't feel like I'm up against a lot of challenges at this moment. If I have any challenges, I would say it's, it's, I think it's an age old one in terms of just saying time, you know, what, what do you focus on and, and what do you not do? You know, I think that's one of the things that you have to learn how to deal with as a creative person is that there are so many things that you can and often are interested in and, and you have to pick one and sort of f- focus on that for at least a while. Right. So, and then also you have to not punish yourself to, I think, at least for me is, is that there are times when you have to just realize that, you know, today I'm not going to be sort of quote unquote creative. Like I'm just going to rest and I'm going to sit around and read a book or go to an art gallery or play with my daughter or go to movies or something like that. Instead of always having to constantly be creative, that's, that's just the road to burnout. So. Well, and you you do it professionally, so yeah. So so I, I do know I do know that that yeah. If if you're sort of forced to do that all the time without a break, it gets very sort of mentally and emotionally exhausting. Right. So yeah. So I would say that's that's the current challenge I have right at this moment. So yeah. Yeah, I think mine is time, and I, I think that's just going to be an ongoing that's just going to be an ongoing theme for me I think that's just how it is it's modern life working parent person trying to squeeze a lot of things into a very finite you know there are only 24 hours in the day right and and, you know a certain number of them I do need to keep I need I need to sleep and then they're the ones where I need to work right and there's only so much time so I, I think that you know this morning I was able to spend you know I think it was 15 or 20 minutes working on on some new weaving techniques and so I think really just squeezing in 15 minutes a day right if I can yeah that and makes just sense. Sort of focusing on that and just saying I'm going to do 15 minutes of something um otherwise I start to feel like there's never a good time right you know I rarely have a big chunk of time so I think it's just a huge thing I felt this month with with just all the life stuff happening so many things going on the holidays and birthday and just just a lot. There were a lot of other things going on too, just in our lives. And, and it's, it's, it's hard to make space right, for that. Right. So I don't know, I guess we're, we're both sort of in similar, similar right. space on that one. Yes. Yeah. So what's inspiring you right now? So actually I've been, hold on, let me look at the name of the book. I've been looking at this book or started reading this book called how to fly a horse and uh, we can put a link to it in the show notes, but it's really about the sort of history of creativity. And it's a, for those of you that are sort of in the know technology wise by the guy who coined the term internet of things. 
and he's looking at creativity from the from a historical point of view and how the idea of sort of the lone creative is a relatively new social construct and he's saying that that's actually inaccurate at least so far i've only read like the first chapter right now but he's saying that that's the first that that's inaccurate and that actually all human beings are creative in some way or another and that it's, it's the, the group of humanity working together to be creative um, that that allows creativity to happen or that things come out of that. And so I think he's sort of exploring that. And it's It seems very interesting, and I'll report back as I read the book. I've only gotten into the first chapter, but that seems to be where the book is headed right now. So That's seems, cool. Yeah, it seems very interesting and very inspirational, sort of talking about the collaboration of creativity from a historical perspective. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What's inspiring you right now? Um, well, like I said, I've been, I've been researching weaving, weaving techniques, different types of artists who, who work in textiles, specifically working with, with tapestry weaving. And there's, a, there's just, like I said, my mind is just buzzing, buzzing right now. There's just a lot, a lot of ideas. Right. So, so that's been really, that's been great. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I've just, I've been having like inspiration light bulb moment, moments, you know, in the shower. <laughs> and I have to just like write them all down. And you know, I just feel like there's, there's so much going on, but I, I, I feel like I'm drawing inspiration from a lot of places right now. I can't put my finger on all of them, but I, I don't know. I'm just in a really open space right now, which I think is really exciting. I think I'm a person who's often, I'm, I'm very quick to criticize myself into non-action like, oh, well, you won't be good enough, so why bother starting? Right. Um, and I, I, I'm not feeling that way right now, and that's great. So that little demon on my shoulder who tells me things like that is silenced. Right. For the that's, moment. That's good. Which is pretty great. So, you know, we're, I think one of the things we would talk about are, you know, what are creative goals for the week? And, you know, we've talked about that in the past, but... You know, we're at the end of 2015, and uh, it's an arbitrary, and yet, you know, it's, it's, it's the end. It's the end of 2015. I'm not going to call it a resolution, because I know you hate resolutions. Um, I do. But do you have any goals over the course of 2016 that, in terms of, well, it could be life, but in terms of life or creativity or things that you'd be interested in t taking on or exploring or making happen in 2016. It doesn't have to be a rebel, re resolution per se, but. Uh, I'd say around that area, two things. The first being, I'd like to continue to show my phot photographic work and, you know, have some more shows and also continue to build the body of work and have been in contact with actually one of, uh, one of your cousins uh, who is a photographer as well just about the story that I'd like to do. And she's on this beautiful piece of property and I would like to explore that photographically. And I now have a story in mind for that, that I'd like to explore in black and white. And I'm thinking that it would be great to have a show for that. And then also an accompanying book um, to create for that. And then also the second thing is, is that um, another thing that my daughter got for Christmas was clay. And I have been, for a long time actually interested in sculpture and used to you know work on scale models and all that kind of stuff when I was younger and I'd like to get back into doing that and so don't worry I won't be stealing her clay 
but this this 3D art project of the quote-unquote California job case that we talked about is very interesting to me. So basically merging the, the digital and, and sculptural, producing a 3D, uh, you know, an actual physical product at the end seems very interesting to me. So I'd like to get into more of that sort of, you know, sculpting in some form or another, whether it's digital and then having that output in some sort of medium like plastic or whatever, or getting my own set of, you know, polymer clay and making my own sculptures and fiddling around with that. Right. For 2016. Cool. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I'm, I think that, I, like I said, I'm in a really open place right now. So obviously I would like to really dive into weaving and right. knowing that I can't master this in a year. That's I think impossible and unrealistic, but I think that really diving in and, and developing the skills and to, to have some of my ideas really be able to come to fruition. Right. Uh, would be spectacular. I, I just really want to start to really move forward in that space and in that realm. I think the other thing too is is so much of my creative my creative efforts are are done in alone. Um, even more so now that we've moved to Maryland from California. We were mm -hmm. in Oakland, and um, I I just don't there isn't the same creative community here. Or if there is, I I certainly haven't found it. So I think that. I think really connecting with the local creative or fiber craft communities that are here right? Um, and figuring out where the hell they are right? Um, would be really great. And I think also just developing community and not feeling so alone in what I'm doing. There, there are a couple of other um, new friends I've met who are interested in knitting and, and fiber work. So maybe we can, we can create something weekly or monthly. We're all busy, but a time when we can connect around that. I think that um, reach, not just sort of being a voyeur online, right. but trying to cultivate some online community around right. craft. Right. Um, I think one of the ways that I think that can happen is being more open and sort of extroverted in terms of social media about my own process Right. Um, I think before I would have said, oh, I won't take a picture and stick it on Instagram because it's not perfect. Right. I think I, I'm, I'm just going to put that to the side and just sort of talk about process and show, show my work and see if I can glean information from folks online and, and develop community that way. Obviously, this, this podcast is quite an endeavor. Right. Yes. Um, it's a creative, a joint creative endeavor for the two of us. Yes. But I also see... One of the things I'd like to do is really developing the blog aspect, the parallel blog that will go along with this podcast to support it, host it, and then also have more, have that be a way to try to cultivate community and to, again, put, have a new venue to put, put my work and my process out there and see if I can create community around that. Right. Um, and I really, I really want to do that. I really want to reach out of my own, my own shell this year. Which I, I think I think it's important. I think I, I learn from other people, and so all of the work I've been doing has been very solo. And I, I just feel like I need to get inspiration from other people. I think another goal that I have for twenty sixteen, which just I feel like a broken record, is is just balance and time, right? And figuring out how I'm going to fit in the time and the space for being creative. Actually, maybe maybe what it is is fifteen minutes a day, and just start with fifteen minutes a day, right? 
and just have that be my baseline. Right. So there's my baseline. For 2016, my goal is to spend 15 minutes a day being creative as a starting point. And if I can do more than that, certainly I would love to. But I think that's going to be important to be able to to move forward both as a as a crafter and, and just using that muscle, the creative muscle. Right. In new ways. So that's what I'll do. That's that's my tangible resolution. I won't make you do a resolution, but my resolution for twenty sixteen is to to do fifteen minutes a day. All right. Sounds so, good. There you go. Well, and with that said, how can people find you? Oh, well, I can be found on Instagram. I am Susan Hartman on Instagram and uh, I, we can also be found on our blog, which is sparksandmuses.com. Where can they find you? I have my website, dmhphoto.com. And I am also on Instagram and Facebook as dmhphoto. And I also tweet at dmhphoto. Oh yeah. I'm on Twitter too. Yeah. Susan Hartman. I'm Susan Hartman there too. There you go. Oh, look at that. Hartman with two N's. Hartman with two N's. So. so thanks for hanging in there with us. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Again, we're shooting for weekly. It's been a little tough recently, but that's the goal. We will talk to you very soon and hope that you have had a very creative and inspirational holiday. Holiday as well. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>